Hello, and welcome to a special presentation of the Ask the Martins podcast. Now, last week, Kenyon and I presented our Healing After Heartbreak training, and we thought our podcast audience might want to get a taste of this too. So if you're struggling to move on after a toxic relationship and you want to take the steps to finally breaking free, this special training is for you. We're going to give you our 4Ds framework to finally breaking the influence of soul ties and toxic relationships. Once again, we hope you enjoy this special presentation of Healing After Heartbreak, the Soul Ties Masterclass. All righty, you guys. Well, good evening. You are tuning in to Healing After Heartbreak, the Soul Ties Masterclass. Y'all, we are about to teach you the four steps to breaking the bondage of toxic intimate relationships. Totally. So let's go ahead and jump into our pre-qualifiers and make sure you know that you are in the right place. Number one, you're in the right place if you are struggling to emotionally let go of someone, even though you know that they are emotionally unsafe for you. All right. You're also in the right place if you keep going back to someone that's unsafe for you and you're ready to be done for good. You're also in the right place if you still feel under the influence of your toxic ex, even though you keep telling yourself that you <laughs> that you've moved on. And then finally, you are in the right place if you have turned into someone that you never imagined due to a toxic or an unhealthy relationship. Now, listen, if this is not for you, go ahead and leave right now. But if this is for you, go ahead and, and uh, type in there. This is for me. Absolutely. Because the, 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 the point is that you're in the right place if you've determined that you need change, but just don't know how to obtain change. There you go. I need change in my life. I just don't know how to do that. All right. So our goal for you today is to show you how to break the invisible bonds that you have to unhealthy people or to an unhealthy person so that you can finally heal and move on. Okay. And that happens in stages. So what you'll learn today is how you got trapped in a toxic relationship. This is going to be very important to identify and put yourself in a position so that you can uh, move forward. Uh, you're going to learn the steps you need to take in order to break free. There are steps because a pro because it is a process, right? right? And you're going to um, learn how to ensure a successful healing journey. I want you to understand right now, healing is not automatic. Just like if you broke your arm and went to the hospital, you're not going to be automatically healed. Healed. It's an entire journey of of recovery, if you will, and that's what we're going to show you here. Absolutely. So before we get started, y'all. Drop your answer in the chat. What's the biggest challenge that you've had with moving on? Now, this is a safe space. Everybody here is in the same predicament, same situation. So go ahead, drop in there. What's been the hardest thing about moving on? And while you're going in there and kind of typing in your answer, thank you to all of you who are also who have also responded to our emails from last night that asked you to give us uh, some of these same answers. But the answers are coming in and they're saying feeling guilty, actually feeling letting guilty. go, making the decision to do so. Someone said coming to terms that my marriage was a lie. Mm. Someone else said feeling stuck. All right, y'all. OK, I completely now, understand that. What we want you guys to do is to take that, take these feelings, see if we answer your questions. If we do not answer your questions at the end, we're taking questions. Yes, live. We're here with you live and we're taking questions 
your questions and your concerns at the end of this. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, so make sure there is a Q&A button. Um, I think it's if you're on a phone, it's at the probably bottom of your screen. Um, if you're on a computer, it's at the top of your screen. The Q&A button is there for you to ask your questions. And we will try to get to as many of them, if not all of them this evening. Okay. Amen. So also, we want you to understand that if what we're laying down, you're not getting and you really need extra help or you need extra attention, especially from us. If at the end of this training, you still need our support uh, for your healing journey, as well as breaking away from them, we'll show you how you can work with us directly. All right. That's very important. Uh, just in case. Ready? Yes, absolutely. So. Listen, those of you who are here may or may not know us, but allow me to introduce ourselves. We are Kenyon and Takara Martin. We are literally the authors of the book on how to break soul ties. We have written the book on breaking soul ties, that invisible bond or toxic relationships of sometimes they are called. The book is called Journey to Freedom, the Soul Ties Detox. And we have literally touched over 100,000 lives via our international podcast, podcast, which is called Ask the Martins. And then with our social media, including YouTube, Facebook, and IG, where they are all dedicated to helping people break toxic relationship habits. Right? Amen. And so let me introduce you to me. I am Takara, the other half of the Martins. So here's me and where I started. Years long before I met Kenyon, I was raised in a very strict and controlling Pentecostal church. I was taught how to be quiet and how to be submissive. So a man would love me and accept me. And I was raised to believe that getting a husband, finding a husband was the end all and be all to life. Righty. I had no idea what genuine love and acceptance was. I was constantly ending up with men who took advantage of my desire to please them and use my submissiveness against me. I was working overtime to prove that I was good, that I was a good woman and that I was worthy of love, hoping that my exes would finally see my value. I was ignoring my needs and my voice in relationships, hoping that one day my ex would finally appreciate me. I was so tired of these relationships and cycles that I kept finding myself in, but I had no clue how to truly break free and move on. Writing, somebody say, but God, but God, huh? I had to do the internal work of unlearning these flawed ideas of relationships and redefine healthy love for myself. Amen. How many of you have seen that part in your life, have seen some of those things going on in your life? Now, um, while you're typing that in, on the other side of it, let me introduce you to me. This is where I started. My name is Kenyon Martin. And before I met Takara, uh, I said Takara, <laughs> before, like <laughs> before I met Takara, I had to deal with the trauma of infidelity that led to depression and insecurity, as well as personal confusion, because myself as a man, I needed to prove myself. And when I could not hold on to a relationship or I couldn't hold on to the fidelity or loyalty of a woman, I felt like I lost myself. Um, and this really does go both ways. So as a result, I pressed majorly into God because I felt like there has to be, if someone knows the issue, the creator knows the issue. But then what that did lead me to is how I 
is my own personal brand of therapy. I go into education when it comes to therapy. So not only do I read books, I actually entered into college. I actually entered into a theological program. I actually entered into a psychological program and a Christian counseling program, all really not to help anyone else, but to learn <laughs> me and what I have felt or what's hurting me or what has broken me. But in the process of doing that, I had a but God moment just like Takara, and I ended up unlearning the flawed ideas of relationships that I had as well. And I ended up redefining what healthy love was for me. So by the time Takara and I came together with our but God moments and with the, all the pragmatic, um, um, well, all the pragmatic uh, work that we did on ourselves, when we finally came together, we were well, we were healed and healthy for love. We was ready for our partnership and we was ready as a couple for professional pursuits of helping other people do the same. All righty. And so here's where we are today. We are in a thriving and healthy and loving relationship and partnership. We're using our education and our experience to develop behavior-based approaches to helping people restore themselves from toxic relationships. We're the authors of two books sold worldwide for singles and for couples. Our books focus on helping people deal with personal repair and healing after heartbreak, and then in marriages, preventing unhealthy love in their relationships. And today we are teaching and creating programs that have helped thousands of women over the last seven years to break the bondage of soul ties and toxic relationships so they can experience healthy love. Amen. One of the people we've worked with is Tasha M. And um, she said, I don't know where I'd be without Kian and Takara and the soul ties detox. I would not be the woman I am today in a healthy and loving relationship. And while she's dynamic and she's a dynamo, she's one of the reasons why we do what we do. All yes, right? yes, yes. And so go ahead, babe. Nope. <laughs> so every day there's a woman in our inbox. If they're not responding to our stories, they're, they're in our inbox asking us one of two specific questions. Mm -hmm. All right. Or one of two questions and in, 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 in various ways. The first question is, how do I break this influence that this person has over me? How do I break this power? I've left them, but how do I break this connection? The second question is, how do I heal from the heartbreak that this relationship has caused? I've left him. I've break, broken the influence. He, he doesn't have anything to do with me no more. But how do I heal from the heartbreak? This It, it still hurts. Mm -hmm. How do I deal with that? Now, the thing is, is what we found is that um, most women want us to, who ask this, want us to answer it in a way that gives her a factory reset. What that, what does that mean? They want, they want to go back to how they were before, uh, how their life was before it was interrupted by love and lies. Mm -hmm. They want to live life as if the person who hurt them had never existed. They don't want to feel the pain that they're currently experiencing and they don't want it and they want it to all to just go away. And while we understand that, while we understand the desire to just have that factory reset experience, the reality of it is unfortunately it can't happen that way. And it really shouldn't happen that way. It should not happen that way. And, and the main thing is because it would be unloving of God to remove every piece of the consequences based upon, unfortunately, yes, our choices and even theirs, because he needs us to learn something. 
something that Kenyon always says is that God wants you to participate in your own rescue. It would be unloving of him to rescue us miraculously out of every single situation because we would not learn and we would end up back there again. Amen. So tonight, what we can teach you, we can take you to a factory reset, but what we can do is teach you how to break that bond, take back your control and not let this happen again. Are you still with us here? Are you still with us? Don't be silent. I, we need to know y'all there. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about it. Alrighty, so tonight we're going to introduce you to our four D's framework. This framework is going to help you break the bondage of toxic relationships and give you the space you need, again, the space you need to heal and move forward. Mm -hmm. The very first D in our first D, or in our first D, in our four D's framework is dissect. Dissecting is all about examining how and why these relationships have affected you the way that they have. The second one is going to be disconnect. Disconnect is all about disconnecting your hope for them from the reality of who they really are. Okay. The mm -hmm. third D is all about distance. That's disengage from communication with them that hinders your healing. And then the last one is going to be dissolve. Dissolving is all about closing the door on your connection to them. Amen. Listen, Put in the chat which one of these is probably going to be the hardest for you or that's something that has been the hardest for you to deal with as you're trying to heal. Amen. Make sure you guys are taking notes and writing them down. Somebody <laughs> said all oh, of them. Okay. Hey, last one of them. That's what we, we understand. Disconnect. We get it. The disconnect. That's getting the distance, the dissolve. We're going to break this down. If you have any questions, again, as we go forward, write them down. Yes. All right. So let's start with dissect. Dissecting is all about understanding how this relationship has impacted you. It's all about if you don't understand how you work and how you function within a relationship, then it's not only hard to break away from them, it's also going to be hard repeat, uh, not repeating those patterns. And, and we'll get started with two terms, but just real quick here. The whole idea of dissecting is mm -hmm. understanding that this, uh, this relationship is hurting me. Okay. The relationship is hurting me. Why is it hurting me? Because when you can come to terms with what it's doing to you and how it's doing it to you and why it's doing it to you, you realize some of the issues that you have with breaking it apart is not really you, but the nature of the relationship. I'll show you. I'll show you. Just give me a second. All right. Who has ever heard of the term soul ties? We're going to talk about two terms here. Who's ever heard of the soul term soul ties? Hit us in the chat with ones, 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 ones. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. We got one never. Okay. Never. Okay. So what we're, what we'll do is we'll introduce you to that term through introducing you to what people thought they think they are and what they really are. Absolutely. So what are soul ties? Let's start with what people think they are. Most people think that soul ties is a mystical, invisible power that they are, that they are helpless against. Many believed it was something that they could only get deliverance from, deliverance from if they've prayed or had it cast out. And it was something that only seemed to impact women who are left hurting and unable to break free. Now that's interesting. I, I, I don't, I, I want to say that how interesting it is 
that people think that they're spiritual, but they only impact women. Like women can only get them. <laughs> right when they actually tied to somebody, when they actually are tied with two women, two men, that's very, that right. blows me away. Go ahead. And, and the, the problem with this way of thinking about it is, and again, don't go to your pastor talking about, they said, don't pray, pray, don't pray or don't work. It's not what we're saying, but the problem becomes is when you look at it only as something that number one is limited to only women and you can only pray to get rescued out of there have been so many women who have been suffering thinking that they are the problem, that there's something wrong with them that they can't get delivered because I'm praying, because I'm fasting, because I'm going to church, I'm doing all the altar calls and everything. Because I'm doing all of these things, there has to be something wrong with me or God has forsaken me because I'm still here. I'm still stuck and I'm still suffering. Amen. So what soul ties really are, are they are strong physical, mental, emotional bonds that exist within intimate relationship. These bonds are not designed to be broken. This is how God made us. Okay. And as a result, they holistically change you when the relationship falls apart and these bonds are broken, it feels like it's breaking you. So let me kind of break this down really quickly. This is very quickly. Okay. Not too quick though. They here for a good time. <laughs> Understand. Look at, look at your hands. I mean, or, 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 or feel your arm fingers, whatever the case may be. We want you to understand that God created us as flesh creatures for a reason. I'm not talking about fleshly. I'm not talking about a mentality or a worldview or, or, or a way people think I'm talking about our actual human forms. We have hearts that work. We have lungs that work. We have noses that work. We have eyes that work. We have things that hurt work because this is how we are created physically, mentally, and emotionally. Mm -hmm. So because we're created physically, mentally, and emotionally, and God has taken into account our human experience and in interacting with each other, understand that when we do interact with each other, we change each other mentally, physically, and emotionally. Our biochemistry changes in relationship to each other. Mm -hmm. Our neurological or our, our, our neurological functions changes in relationship to each other. We learn another person just like we learn another language, another skill or instrument. We learn them and they become part of us. So we become fluent in the person that we're connected to intimately. Mm -hmm. Did you get that? We become fluent in the person that we're intimately connected to. That's so very important. So because God made us in this way to actually bind this way and it's not to be broken, then when we are broken or when that relationship is broken, we're broken. That makes sense to everyone. It makes sense to me. So the idea is that soul ties are not inherently bad. They only become bad when you have bonded with someone unhealthy and emotionally unsafe. When I tried to disconnect, I physically, I had physical pains in my heart. Absolutely. That's called, um, stress, cardiomyopathy, stress, cardiomyopathy. What that means is your body is literally trying to, uh, translate the absence or the pain of, of, of what somebody else is causing you into something that your body or your flesh body can understand. And so what it does is it turns into what's called what, what, what actually stressing your heart. 
Does yeah. that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And okay. I think that's that again, that's why it's challenging to only limit, only limit it to spiritual when God made us flesh and spiritual beings, which means when something affects us internally, emotionally, it a hundred percent has an impact on our physical beings, which is why it's important to understand the person holistically, as opposed to just relying on just because the spirit, this is just a spirit thing. Amen. Amen. Let's talk about another term real quick. We just talked about soul ties. Let's talk about this term toxic. Toxic is an overused term in social media, on memes, in our daily conversations, in our hey girl, hey conversations, and yo brother conversations. Toxic is entirely used too much. So, but toxic applies here. And I want to show you what toxic is. Just going to the definition. Toxic is the condition of being poisoned by something in our environment that contains dangerous, destructive, and noxious properties. Now, even though you are being poisoned by the toxicity around you, you don't realize it because you're actually you, you're um, actively taking part in it. So let's look at a toxin, a toxin that we all know about. Um, um, Carbon monoxide. Thank you. Carbon monoxide. Carbon monoxide is a toxin that happens within the house when we are looking to do regular stuff, but our, it builds up in our house, typically when we're trying to get heated or trying to gain heat. This is the winter months. Some of you, especially those up north, understand that it gets pretty cold. So in some cases, when we're not really monitoring what's going on around us, our heating elements or the source of heat can release carbon monoxide. Now, what are the characteristics of carbon monoxide? Good question. Carbon monoxide is odorless, touchless, and tasteless. So we don't know it's there. All we know is that we're seeking heat. Mm -hmm. So, and this is how we like to break this down, you guys. Again, carbon monoxide, odorless, touchless, tasteless, okay? When we are seeking heat, we are literally seeking something to comfort us. Mm. It's cold outside. It's snowing. Some of y'all up north are in blizzardous conditions, right? This vortex that's going on. And so when it's cold, we go and we seek what um, nature tells us should help us right now. That's a heater, right? The heater provides that comfort. It provides heat. It provides safety. It gives us what we need Mm. in that moment. What typically happens is, as it begins to give us what we need, we get comfortable. We relax. We let our guard down. If you've ever been freezing cold, everything in your body tenses up Yeah, because you're shivering and you're waiting desperately for the comfort to start to kick in. That is the heat. When heat begins to kick in, your body begins to relax. The tension begins to relax. And suddenly, a lot of times you can easily, more easier, fall asleep under the influence of that heat because now you're comfortable. If there is carbon monoxide leaking in the unit that you have purchased for safety, it begins to poison you until the fact that you are asleep and will not wake anymore. When we are seeking comfort in a relationship, when we are seeking acceptance, when we are seeking love, nobody is going out looking for a toxic relationship. When we let our guard down to someone who was supposed to be safe, who promised us that they would give us everything that we needed, we let our guard down, 
We fall asleep proverbially under their influence, under the weight of them, under the love, sometimes love bombing that they give us. And then it poisons us and we don't even realize it. Absolutely. So, so now watch this. We gave you toxic and we gave you so ties. So ties are not bad, but they become bad when they break us or when, when we, they break relationship and break us. Takara broke down how toxicity is insidious and can just sneak in there. Watch this. When you combine soul ties that were, that were designed to change you and toxic environments, meaning people that insidiously poison you, you become fundamentally changed in a toxic way. You become poisoned and you become poisonous. And so now we get into those positions where we feel like I'm being hurt. I'm being bombarded. Then you start questioning yourself. I'm no good. I'm not worthy. I may, I may be alone for the rest of my life, or I can't have nobody. No one will accept me, but this person, or you begin to have responses that are cynical to other people, because now we, we're not only toxified or poisoned, we've also become toxic to other people. Yes. How many people have experienced that? How many people didn't recognize themselves after or within a toxic relationship because it had changed them? Yeah. Somebody said me, listen, I'm definitely a witness of that. I have been in toxic relationships before where I am a strong woman. I'm a confident woman. I get things done. I'm about my business. I, I'm a mover. I'm a shaker. In a toxic relationship, nothing is more damaging to a person that carries themselves with confidence and a strong personality than someone who has basically made it their life business to beat out everything that made them who they are. All of a sudden, they're cheating. You know, I'm going through phones. I'm trying to, I'm fighting you. I'm throwing things. I'm questioning myself. I don't recognize myself anymore. That typically happens under the under the influence of that toxic relationship and i'm going to slip this in i know it's not in the presentation but it, it also has to do with your attachment your your um your attachment style attachment style and here's what i mean you're going to actually do one or two things that kind of and and i don't want to expand in this but some people have the attachment style to hold on tighter which makes you uh makes you sticky and makes you um, watching watch them more and make you more um, smothering. Others of you may have an attachment style that makes you ignore them, that makes you get tough, that makes you get cold shoulder, that makes you get stonewalled because now you've learned not to, um, not to expect anything better, but you still can't seem to move along. And yes, you can definitely have both depending on who it is and depending on what, how you respond to them. Yeah. Absolutely. And we guys, we see questions coming in directly to us. Do us a favor. If you have questions that you have on top of this, use the Q and a um, box. If you're on a computer, it's going to be at the bottom. If you're on a phone, it's going to be at the top. It's a Q and a little chat thing. You'll see it. Make sure you plug your questions in there so we don't miss them. Absolutely. So as we move forward, we want you to understand that being changed by a toxic relationship doesn't mean that you don't feel the pain or the hurt that it causes you. So even it's, it's insidious and it um, seeps into you, right? But it does mean that you've adapted to being comfortable with that pain. That's powerful. 
And so by the time most people realize that they are in a toxic relationship and that they have been comfortable enduring pain, they are too deeply invested to break away from it. And that's the thing um, is that nobody chooses to be there. If you've ever or are currently in a relationship and you're exiting that relationship and everything, the common questions that we get, why don't you just leave? You seem fine on social media. Every, you know, what happened? Oh, so were you lying about the goodness of the relationship because you were perpetrating this? And it's like, no, I didn't choose this. And I'm not actively choosing this now because I've been under the influence of this toxicity for so long. I don't know how to walk away from this because of everything that I've invested into it financially. I've invested hope into this. I've invested everything that I am into this relationship. And I don't know how to see myself outside of this Mm. because it's become a part of who I am. Amen. Amen. So understand that even being toxified or toxic, this may be where you are going back to dissect just to recap real quick dissecting is important because you have to come to honest terms about the relation, what the relationship was and what it has done to you. Do you feel toxified? Do you feel toxic? Mm -hmm. Okay. Once you successfully dissect the relationship, you will be able to understand what you are, that you are not emotionally safe in that relationship and you'll be able to move forward. You will also understand that you cannot simply move forward, but it takes a process to break down that connection. Why is that? Because it took you so long to make the connection. Yeah. Your body didn't change overnight to them. And so your body is not going to change overnight to break from them. Yes. Okay. Uh, Just like um, Angela here. Yeah. Our client, Angela. Angela said she learned codependency at an early age, which led to a lifetime of unhealthy relationships. She had no personal boundaries and low self-esteem, and she kept ending up in relationships where she had to prove that she was worthy of love. But now, after working with us, Angela went back to where it all started and dissected the reasons she kept ending up with the same men with different faces, and she learned how to spot unhealthy people. She learned how to set and stick to her boundaries even with family and friends. And she said she no longer seeks validation or approval from anyone outside of herself. She loves herself now more than ever. What I loved about working with Angela is the idea that she made the connection that this doesn't only deal with my intimate relationship with men. This is not only about how I see intimacy in relationships, but it also extends to the intimate relationships with family and friends who are crossing boundaries on a regular. So that's why she made when she once she made that connection we knew she had it okay let's go to the next d disconnect what does disconnect mean disconnect is all about disconnecting your hope for them from the reality of who they are it's cutting off the part of you that repeatedly sees the worst in toxic people but continues to hope for better most importantly It's regulating your internal disposition that drives you to maintain a relationship with them, even if it's just through fighting them. So Mm. there are those of you out there, nurturing women, hardworking women, women who, who, who really takes on the accountability of maintaining the relationship, even though it's not their fault. Mm -hmm. Just, I'm about to, I'm about to throw a curveball at you, babe, if that's okay. Sure. Um, the last time we did this training, we had a couple of really great 
uh, breakdown, breakthroughs that we actually came to these epiphanies. Number one, two types of women when it comes when it comes down to disconnecting, it's so hard for them is based upon we the two types of women that we encounter that always end up having issues in the disconnect phase because of this hope phenomenon, mm-hmm. right? So number one is the nurturing person. Talk about the nurturing woman and why she can sometimes be so easily victimized by someone in a relationship, but also have finds it hard to disconnect. Now watch this. The nurturing woman is often targeted because of her light of nurturing. She's able to make other things better. She grows things. She's great as a mother. She's great as a business partner. She's great as anyone who can actually pour into she's a great intercessor as we pray her as well mm-hmm. she's great at pouring into others and getting the best out of them yes now what ends up happening is that a, a nurturing woman can be targeted by a toxic person because what that person wants them to do is continue to pour into into them so they want the nurturing woman to pour into them the and and the nurturing woman falls for this because it's her actual nature to pour into somebody. It gives her purpose. It gives her purpose. But what ends up happening after a certain amount of time of loving on someone and pouring into them, she has to validate that purpose by seeing a hope for that person. Yes. So when she validates the purpose by seeing a hope for that person, she continues to pour into them without without reciprocation of that pouring. And so now she's feeling like, okay, this is beyond purpose. This has to do with my ability to make things better. So she goes from purpose to trying not to fail. Well, all the reason why, all while she's being failed. Mm-hmm. So she has taken up, she has taken up um, um, this man as a missionary journey. She has taken him up as someone that she can pour into and become her purpose. She has now looked to him to validate her, um, her worth of a relationship because of how he responds. And now she's becoming accountable for her, for his behavior, because she can't seem to change it. So nurturing women are one of the types of women that falls into that category. Absolutely. Now let's go to woman number two, even though this does not, it is not an exhaustive list, but it's two types of women that we always traditionally work with. So first one is the nurturing woman. The second one is we're going to call that the boss woman, the boss chick. The boss chick is someone that likely is either educated or has worked very hard to get to where she is today. She is unstoppable, unmovable, unshakable. And a lot of times people see her and be like, oh my God, I don't know how she does it. She seems to have it all together. She believes in working hard. She has also probably been someone who has been told that she is intimidating and or difficult to love. Okay. When that happens, she gets into these relationships where she then goes into um, maintenance mode and trying to work her way into feeling worthy and accepted by that person in that relationship. She is, you know, he's telling her she's uh, too much. He's telling her she is doing too much, even though he's benefiting off of her too muchness. And so she goes in and she flips herself around. She contorts herself to be what she needs, what he needs her to be. She's done everything that she can to prove that she can be submissive, but then also because she's a hard worker, Every time he tells her that she's not doing enough, she just goes in to dig her heels in and works harder. Every time he tells her that she has to do more, she's like, oh, wait, I can do this too. Anything that even when he's feeling like he's in a deficit of who he is, she's going to go work on him as well. 
the boss woman is the other woman that deals with this because when it comes down to disconnecting, it's so challenging because she doesn't even know who she is anymore because she's flipped and morphed and contorted to become this person and it still wasn't enough. But what does point number two say? You have to cut off the part of you that can see the worst in that person but continues to hope for the better. You keep seeing the worst that you hope for the better. And for a boss woman, you also work for the better. Hey, you. Are you listening to this training and thinking, yes, this is for me? Are you nodding and sometimes crying in agreement to what we're saying? then perhaps you may want to consider joining us for the next cohort of the Soul Ties Detox program that begins March 6th. We're spending eight intensive weeks with our clients, walking them through heartbreak and into their season of wholeness. We're giving you the Soul Ties Detox book and workbook that's no longer available anywhere else. You're getting eight coaching sessions with us, either private or as part of a group. And you're also getting intensive one-on-one sessions with Kenyon and me. This program also offers text messaging support, a personalized MBTI profile and assessment, as well as access to our private coaching podcast and so much more. To learn more about the program and find out how you can work with us for as low as $140 a month, visit workwiththemartins.com forward slash heal. That's workwiththemartins.com forward slash heal. Now, let's get back to this training. Everything about your your output to you should determine what they should be giving back to you, and it never manifests. Amen. And then it puts either the nurturing woman or the boss woman into a can be put into a place of being adversarial in the sense that I'm, I'm done with them. I don't want to have nothing to do with them, but my anger keeps me chasing him. And so now you're positioned in a place of an enemy. So if you're not, if you're not uh, connected in these ways of hope, you could be connected in a way of being an adversary, but guess what? An enemy is still a relationship. Mm -hmm. So there are plenty of you who are out here, who's mad, who's upset. And I want him to pay and I need to know why, and I need this and I need that. And that's the one of the reasons why you can't let go is because you're in the position of enemy. You didn't cut the relationship. You just changed your position in that relationship. Makes sense. Say it again. This is why disconnection is so important. This is still a mental thing. If you notice the first two points are very mental and emotional because these are things that we have to work through. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm just writing down what you said. (laughs) She always does that. Okay. So as we move on, we want you to understand that disconnecting from a toxic person is standing emotionally naked in the mirror and removing taking off the layers of them that hurt you because you're wearing those that's heavy, but you're also taking off the layers of, of you that participated in it. Now let's stop. That does not mean you are at fault for them hurting you. It's taking off what you didn't see. It's taking off missing those red flags. It's taking off the hope that you thought you had for them, or it's taking off the hope that you thought you could work out because you're a boss. Does that make sense? Perfect. It's taking off all of this weight and saying, hey, wait a minute. They're accountable for the pain that I have. Mm -hmm. They're accountable for what I'm going through. It's no longer compromising so that you can no longer be be compromised. 
Okay. That's what disconnecting will do for you. Uh, for instance, with Judy, 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 Judy said, I, I tried to let everything go. I tried to distance or I tried to um, disconnect. I was in a very unhealthy relationship that I knew I needed to disconnect from, but couldn't. I tried therapy with a licensed counselor and we, in our, we do work with licensed counselors as well, but I struggled with how to let go and felt guilty because I still have feelings and hope for this unhealthy person. With Kenyon and Takara, I gained the practical tools to take the hard but necessary steps to move forward. I'm finally free from this mental and emotional bondage. Listen, it was hard, but she did it. None of this, we're explaining it to you. We're teaching it to you, but none of this is easy. And we love Judy. Judy still follows us. We, we see everywhere we go, we see Judy and we love every piece of her. Okay. So after that part, that's me. I just keep going. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was like, what in the world is you doing? Girl? Yeah, no, okay. just go ahead. So part three is distance. Okay. Distance. What is, what does distance mean? Distance is all about isolating, protecting, and healing. Somebody type that out. Isolating, protecting, and healing. We've dissected. We've disconnected mentally. But now we have to distance, distance ourselves from them. Distance is where the good healing begins mm -hmm. after the disconnection. What do I mean by that? All right. So, oh boy. <laughs> so follow me here. Let's just say you invited Takara and I over for dinner. We like to eat. We like fried food. So you're going to fry <laughs> some chicken. Okay. Even if you don't eat fried food, you're going to do it for us because you love us that much. Right. So we're on the way. But while you're cooking it up, you're frying it up, you threw the chicken in there or the fish or whatever it is, some of that hot grease hit the stove, it hit the burner. That caught fire, right? As it catches fire, it begins to catch other things on fire. Now you got it handled. It's taken a little bit while you threw some, you threw some flour on it and then you smothered it with a towel and you did all the things that you were supposed to do. You pulled out the extinguisher or whatever. The problem is, is that it burnt up so much that it changed the atmosphere in the house. And so now you're inhaling a lot of toxic gas, toxins, a lot of smoke you're inhaling. Does that make sense? So now that you're inhaling that smoke, you can't stay there and serve us because you're poisoning yourself. You're dying in that area because now you're not breathing oxygen. You're breathing all this toxic gas that came from burning our food. <laughs> this is the most elaborate analogy. You go I, ahead, I like huh? the food part. Okay. <laughs> but when the ambulance comes, we're going to show up and we're going to call the ambulance for you. When the ambulance comes, uh, what the ambulance does, it takes you out the house. The house is saved, but it takes you out the house. It then transports you into a facility that gives you that, that only separate that not only separates you from the smoke, but gives you oxygen to combat the smoke that you've already inhaled. So what the ambulance did, or what the health uh, uh the the um EMT. the health providers get gave you, oh, okay. they gave you an opportunity to be isolated from the smoke, protected from the damage of the smoke, and to begin to heal from the damage of the smoke smoke. That's what uh, distancing is all about. Gaining distance from the person that hurt you so that you can begin to heal, get things in you. That's better than, better than what they gave you. And you can begin to heal from what they did to you.
And, and here's the thing, just to drive it out home just a little bit. Something that we also say quite often is you will never be able to train a fire to not burn you. Mm. So staying in the midst of a situation where there is burning going on all around you, again, toxicity, we're, this is another, we're changing the analogy from carbon monoxide to fire now, but when there's fire going on all around you, can you imagine how um, unlearned of us, it would be, I want to say silly, it would be for us to try to sit in that environment and try to, number one, either get the fire to come under our subjection or two, be able to try to heal as the fire continues to burn us. Like imagine how that would work out if we actually tried that. Isolating, protecting, healing is what you need to do. And you cannot ever heal if you're still in the midst of what is continuing to burn you. Amen. So distance is essentially taking time to isolate, taking the necessary measures to reduce the pain. Listen, a lot of you are in pain and you just want the pain to go away. I'm here to tell you, and this is something we train as well, that your emotions are the first to the party and the last to leave. You have to go through the process of healing in order to reduce that pain. We promise it can be reduced, but it's not going to be done the way you said you do need this distancing. Um, distancing essentially gives you the time and space you need to actually breathe. Um, and it also uh, is taking the necessary steps to begin the process of healing. Amen. Okay. So another thing that distancing requires that a lot of people don't understand is boundaries. A lot of people we come across, a lot of women we come across do not know how to erect boundaries. You know how to be mad. You know how to be PO'd. You know how to cut them off for a season, mm -hmm. but you don't know how to distance them, distance, distance them for a period of time that allows you to get, get healthy. And that's the problem is one of the biggest problems is the inability to create the boundaries that you need in order to get healthy again. All righty. So understand that boundaries don't just keep people out. Boundaries are also designed to keep you in. OK, they allow you to limit and or remove their access to you and requires you to cut off your access to them. Boundaries give you the time and space to change from who you were in that relationship. OK, that's important because remember, you've been changed by the relationship now that you're toxified, either you're poisoned or poisonous or both. You need time to actually un transformed to be transformed to to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to to become somebody that to become somebody different than you are or were in that relationship and we see the question listen about how does this look with kids we get this question every single time trust me we will answer that for you amen okay so listen boundaries also mean guarding your love language y'all do you know your love language let us know in the chat what your love language is and we'll help you understand why it's so important to know that if you do not know what that is y'all go to the five love languages.com uh the number five love languages.com because it's going to help you understand what your love language is because we call your love language your gateway drug okay your gateway drug is how people gain your favor, how they gain your attention and trust and believe a toxic partner that you are trying to distance yourself from knows your gateway drug too. They know what it takes. Okay. So let's start with words of affirmation. 
Um, oh, Jesus. Uh, she said, wow, gateway drug. Jesus. <laughs> um, so listen, words of affirmation. You should not be speaking to them unless absolutely necessary. And yes, that includes with children. We'll tell you about that later. Quality time. No more access to your time and attention. That's physically, mentally, or emotionally. You need to learn strategies on how to get them into a place where you don't have to deal with them even mentally, okay? Physical touch. No touching, no touching, no touching. No touchy-touchy. Or sleeping <laughs> together, whether they were your husband or your hope. Mm. We understand how hard that is, especially if we're going to be real, it's grown folk conversation, especially if it was good. Okay. That is one of the hardest things to like, I cannot stand you and still have sex with you. Mm -hmm. Okay. That happens. N absolutely none. Because as soon as we have that exchange with them, we are right back into their arms and the throes and that toxic cycle. Okay. Acts of service. No, they cannot do anything for you guys. We understand it's hard out here. It's cold. You may need sh snow shoveled. You may need somebody to work on your carburetor. Like anything comes up and they just happen to be handy and want to, you know, send you a text. Can I do anything for you? Can I get you anything else? No, no, they absolutely cannot. And that's because understanding that as soon as they begin to do things for you and they know that that makes you feel loved, it's going to open up the floodgates and that cycle back again. And then the last thing, receiving gifts. Kenyon said hard no. No. It seems harsh, <laughs> but your love language is being used as a weapon and your boundaries are your shield. Amen. Girl, you, you, you laid that out. Okay. So distancing with boundaries is going to be your greatest tool in breaking the habit and bondage of them. And it helps you so that you can heal from what that relationship did to you. And it's also, watch this, taking back control of you. Mm -hmm. What a lot of you, the reason why, I'm going to say this, the reason why you may have a problem by holding up, by forming and holding boundaries is because they groomed you to have no boundaries. Yeah. And so they have groomed you to be able to step on your boundaries, to be able to say whatever it is they want to say, do whatever it is they want, they want to do and to affect you emotionally, mentally, or physically. And now you feel like they have all this control and power over you, but you also feel mean mm -hmm. when you begin to take power over yourself because they have also taught you and guilted you into being accountable for how they feel they have oft they have often taken the position yes. of victim and so whenever you've shown your power they feel victimized so what that's their victim their feelings about you controlling yourself in your space is their problem that's not it. yours you're solving your problem Sound good? Sound good to me. Okay. So that's distancing. That's very, very important. Finally, once you distance and you begin to breathe and get yourself in that particular place where you are now in a space of healing, now it's time to dissolve. What is dissolving, Kenyon and Takar? What is that? Dissolving is all about closing the door to your connection to them. Just because you've distanced, just because you've moved out, just because you're at a different state does not mean that they don't reserve space in your head and heart. It doesn't mean anything until you begin the process of actually dissolving and closing that door. 
This is the dissolving is the process of them, their behavior, their rationale and opinions of you becoming less and less significant to you. I don't care what you say. I don't care what your mama say. <laughs> None of this has anything to do with me. I'm dissolved. Forget your mama. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> dissolving is all about closure. It's peace. We want you to get that. It's closure. Closure is being personally complete without needing anything from anyone else. This is what's going to be important. This is our favorite part of what we do with people because they think it's so impossible at the very beginning. Right. But when they come through, they're whole. Do you hear me? There's a, there's a word in uh, Hebrew, shalom, and you know it as peace. And, and, and the Hebrew saying is shalom, shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. When there's nothing missing and nothing broken, then I have closure. This is the closure is the language of peace. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Your idea of closure is a myth. Okay. Right now you're feeling like you are incomplete because you're waiting for something from them. Okay. As long as you're waiting for something from them, you'll never get the closure that you desire. You have to dissolve the expectations you have for them that keep you connected to them by deleting their debt to you. I know this is hard. I'm like, what that mean? I know this is hard. I know this is hard. It means forgiveness. What you mean? When you delete someone's debt or delete what you believe they owe you, that becomes that that's the basic, basic form of forgiveness. And that's hard for us to forgive and get the closure that we desire because we're waiting for them to give us something. But as long as we're waiting for them, then our closure, our wholeness is predicated upon them, their ability or awareness to give it to us. That's it. We put the power in somebody else's hand, but I want to show you guys something real interesting that I found in the word. Mm -hmm. Can I show it to you? I want to show you one of the things that God said when it came to forgiving others, actually, when it came to forgiving Israel, mm -hmm. it's in Isaiah. Okay. God said, I, even I am he who blots out transgressions. That's called forgiveness for my own sake. Now it goes on to explain some things, but the idea is to get that part right there. Don't skip over it. Even God did this for himself. Was it for us too? Because he loves us. Absolutely. For God to so love the world. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, he also does it for his own sake, which means that if God can offer forgiveness and deal with the process of forgiveness, remember God even called out Israel and literally quote unquote in scripture, divorced Israel in a sense, but brought her back. But the idea is, is that a part of forgiveness, a part of closure, a great deal of it is really for you, not for them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the myth of closure is that it happens to you or for you. But the truth is 
you make closure happen with your decisions. And closure is a decision to let go and be whole. And closure is the decision to forgive for my own sake. Okay. Closure is hard. We get it. We get it. Trust us. Courtney. Courtney understood that healing still hurts even when it's the right thing to do. And that's okay. And that's okay. She said, after working with Kenyon and Takara, I learned the true meaning of forgiveness and was able to heal internally. Once I was able to face the reality of who my ex-husband was, sounds like a dissect, I was finally able to let go, even though it hurt. It hurt. That's so important that you get that. And we walk people through that as well. Now, we know you showed up here because you're ready to let go of toxic relationships. Everybody affirmed that at the very beginning. Um, and you're ready to let go of those relationships that keep you from healing and experiencing love. You're ready to disconnect. You're ready to dissect. You're ready to distance. And you're ready to dissolve. Make sense? Mm-hmm. So, so here's the thing where majority of the people that we work with currently are, they fall within, you know, one or multiple, if not all of these buckets here. Okay. Here's where you are endlessly searching for tips and tools on how to make them love you the way you need to be loved. But where you want to be is to develop the self-love and confidence to stand in the truth of what you know you deserve. So you won't settle for less again. Where you are is stuck in an emotional limbo, wondering if they don't want me, why won't they just leave me alone? But where you would like to be is to have the strength and the courage to walk away and set boundaries so that you can be free of them for good. Where you also might want, sorry, where you also might be, you're tired of falling for the trap of hope and tricking yourself into believing that this time would be different. But where you want to be is to be able to finally be honest with yourself about who they are so you can move forward without guilt or regret. Mm. Or perhaps you're afraid of letting go because you feel like you're giving up on someone you love, but you want to be able to take your power back so you can finally choose you and put your needs first. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Martins podcast, recorded live on social media and distributed to iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and Audible. Now, we can't grow without you, so help spread the love. Wherever you found us, rate, like, share, and leave a review. We are grateful to you and appreciate you in advance. Do you have a question for us? Then visit askthemartins.com ask us your question or ask for a friend. Once again, thank you for tuning in to Ask the Martins podcast. We hope you enjoyed the program.